This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 72. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now your host, Kristen Trumpy. Hey, hello and welcome and thanks for joining me. Today we're going to talk about managing happiness. So if you take your well-being seriously, you have to prioritize and manage it. It's not just going to fall down from heaven somehow. So today I'll share how I do this, focusing mainly on the tools I use. And most of those tools, I mean, 99% of them are smartphone apps. Now, just to be clear, I do other things as well, which I don't track or don't use any apps for, like uh, walking to work in the morning, appreciating beauty, greenery, the birds and all of that. And also I don't track, for example, my runs all that much. Also, I don't have, I have to mention that I don't have a financial interest in promoting any of these apps. I'm not sponsored by any of them and I don't know anybody there. So this is really purely informational. It's not to sell you anything. They're just the ones I use and I thought they might be helpful to you. So you can find all the links of the apps that I mentioned at strengthsphoenix.com slash 072. Again, strengthsphoenix.com slash 072. That's because it's episode 72. Now, when I did my master thesis on strengths in everyday life, one finding was how people are generally struggling to understand how they pass their day. And that sounds weird because we know what we do all day. We we get up, we go to work, we take care of the kids if we have any, we, we go to bed, I don't know, whatever it is that we do. However, when you ask people, what do you do exactly, not just in those broad strokes, most people have a problem with that. And if you want to change anything about your habits, your happiness and your well-being, you, the first step is to understand what's happening right now. So if you don't know where your time, energy and attention goes, it's hard to make changes. So this is really your starting point. Here are some apps which raise awareness and I'm excluding meditation apps because I'm going to talk about them in a minute. Now, the first I recommend is is an app called Mappiness. So Mappiness, it pings you at random times of the day. You can define how often it should be. The more data points you have, the more helpful it is. However, you want to make sure that you don't ping it 10 times a day and get annoyed with it after two days. You you will answer what you're doing, who you're with, how much energy you have and how happy you are. Now, the great thing about this app is that because it asks you right in the moment that something is happening to rate, it is much, much more precise than if you just fill out something at the end of the day, which is how a lot of happiness interventions work. I suggest that you don't look at the results of this until you've gathered between 90 and 100 data points. So if you have the reminder going off three times a day, that will be about a month later you can start a check-in. Once you have enough data points, you will know where you're happiest, whom you're happiest with, and what activity makes you the happiest. 
Once you have the data, if possible, try to structure your time so you can spend more time in the places and with the people doing the activities that you love. When I reduced my working hours at the bank and had to decide which afternoon to take off, I actually looked at when I felt the worst and mappiness helped me figure out what day or afternoon I felt the most down and that turned out to be Thursdays. So to this day, I have Thursdays off the bank and that is great. The next app is called Optimized. This is a beautiful app that helps you track what you do all day. I don't suggest you have to always keep track of what you're doing unless you enjoy it a lot, which some people do. It's really good to do for about three weeks, making sure you include your days at work and the weekends. The app learns what your preferences are, so you just press the button whenever you change your activity. It's beautiful and it's really easy, I can assure you that. It will then show you exactly how much time you have invested in your health, your creativity, your routine, and your pleasure. And you can also set time goals if there is a particular activity for which you wish to spend a minimum or a maximum amount of time. So let's say you want to spend a minimum amount of time exercising every week. You can set that. And if you say, oh, um, maybe I shouldn't watch that much TV, you can set a maximum. And then App Optimize will just track whether you've reached that goal or not. But you don't even have to do that. I didn't use that function at all. I just wanted to know how do I spend my days. And for that, it's easy and it's beautiful. Then there's, of course, moment-to-moment awareness of what is happening. And this is trained by practicing meditation and mindfulness. Now, I suggest three meditation apps and they have very different strengths. So I don't suggest that you all use them at the same time. Especially if you're new to meditation, you are just go for one. Don't don't try all of them out or you can try all of them out but just stick with one for the moment. Don't try to use all three at the same time if you have never meditated before. So the first one I want to talk about is Headspace. It was started by a Buddhist monk with an awesome British accent, I might add, and a super soothing voice. Also, you want to pinch his cheeks when you see him. So, ladies, if that's something you enjoy, you know, you should definitely go for Headspace. I have used this app every day for 10 months and worked through the majority of the packs they offer. I love it and will return But right now, I needed to mix it up, so I'm using a different app, but I definitely will return, so I'm giving them time to develop a few new tracks. They distinguish between one-off meditations and what they call packs, which are a set number of sessions you do in sequence. So examples include uh, mindfulness basics, levels 1 to 3, and they have each 10 sessions. So one pack is 10 sessions. Then there is also a pack on happiness, on self-esteem. There's a creativity pack that's 30 sessions long, so some of them are a bit longer. There's a focus one and an anxiety one, and there are others as well. These are just the ones that I remember. Oh yeah, one of them is for better sleep. The app forces you to complete a pack or you lose all your progress. And I think this is especially good if you're someone who kind of tends to jump around and you know that that keeps you back so if you have problems focusing and you want the app to force you to focus then headspace is really the best of the three choices i offer you today the next is called buddhify 
And this is really unlike all the other meditation apps out there. Instead of focusing on a, what we might call, tush on the kush approach, it seeks to integrate mindfulness into your daily activities by offering sessions which are relevant to what you're doing. So if you're walking in the park, you can just press the button walking in the park and the meditation, the guided meditation will really kind of take account of the context you're moving in and it will integrate walking in the park into your meditation practice. There's also one that's called break from work or surfing online. And these are just three of many, many examples. It also keeps track of how many days you have meditated in a row. So that gives you a certain incentive to stick to a daily practice. They also have different speakers. So for each context, you can choose between a woman or a man and a British accent or an American accent. And that is also helpful. Then there's Calm. This is the app that I'm using right now. It is beautifully designed with wonderful nature scenes and sounds. The programs are shorter than the ones on Headspace. So if you have an ultra short attention span or you're just very impatient, you can start small by doing just one minute meditations. However, if if you're doing if all you're doing is one minute meditations, you probably won't get a lot out of it. It also features more context and explanations about why we might struggle to sleep or feel judgmental and that's one of the strengths that calm has especially if you're someone who likes to understand why things are happening they give a little bit more explanation than let's say headspace does it's a great way to start out with meditation though i feel that if you want to go deep and really work on your mind's tendency to rush and be impatient you will probably eventually graduate to Headspace. The next section that I want to talk about is habits. So habits make up the bulk of our lives. So if they contribute to our unhappiness, it will be very hard for us to escape. And on the other hand, good habits are one of the crucial ways in which we can incorporate both well-being and meaning into our daily life. For my daily habits, I use an app called Way of Life. To me, that's the simplest solution for things I want to do every day. You could skip days if you want to. So basically what it does, it it will just say like, oh, um, did you, I don't know, play the piano today or something. And you just say yes, no, or skip. So skip is if you don't expect yourself to do it every day and you have like defined days when you don't do it, you press skip. A great feature that Way of Life has is the chain. So it motivates you to stay to stick to whatever it is that you're trying to do because it has a little counter and that is very motivating to see oh i've i've meditated 68 days in a row or i've yeah played the piano or worked or whatever it is that you want to do you can just track it there i also like this app to do to audition habits so what do i mean by audition habits i really believe that Not everything has to be hard, like all the time. Now, obviously, if we want to achieve things, we will sometimes not feel like doing them. But I think if a habit feels fundamentally wrong every single day and it doesn't get better, probably there's something you can do to tweak it. Now, let's say that you you go, I don't know, you go to the gym and you really you hate it every single day, but you, you make yourself go every single day. 
I don't know, like, why don't you just go and take Zumba classes or something? I mean, you're still moving, and it doesn't have to be the gym. There are 8,000 sports apparently out there in the world to be discovered, so it doesn't have to be the gym. So that's why I like this app, because if I find myself not doing a habit over and over again, it either means that the habit itself is maybe not something that I find important right now, or... If I do find it important, it means that I should tweak it, that I should either work on the timing when I do the habit or that maybe I, I want to do too much of it and it just tells me, okay, maybe this is not the right thing. On the other hand, if a habit is fairly easy, it shows me that, oh, if I have a lot of green, this is really a habit that is helpful, it's useful and it's one that I have tweaked sufficiently to make it fit my life properly. So for that, I really like way of life. Maybe you have found it hard in the first place to decide which positive habits to focus on. So if that is the case, uh, let me introduce you to the five ways of well-being, which were created by the New Economics Foundation. Now, none of this is an app, okay? These are just the five things we should focus on to be happier and to feel better and to also have more meaning in our life. So the first is to connect. The second is to be active. The third is to take notice, keep learning, and give. So when it comes to connecting, here I trust that if you're using smartphone apps in the first place, of course you know the apps which help you to keep in touch with the people you love. I assume I don't have to tell you about Skype and whatsapp and all of that if you're not good at keeping in touch with people i found that sometimes i mean i don't do this myself but because i'm not that bad with keeping in touch but it can help if you add people just if you have a simple reminder function like why not just put in somebody's name like just call elsa or something like that just put that in and put a little recurring appointment in and it sounds a little bit mechanic but I think once you get used to this and once you get into the habit of reconnecting with people, you will not need the reminders. And people, I mean, you don't have to tell them like, oh, my reminder told me to call you today. No, I mean, people will probably be happy to be hearing from you if you just call them or send them a text. So the second one, be active. So when it comes to physical activity... I would like to add here that you can also participate, collaborate, and create rather than just consume. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, obviously, when they talked about being active, they meant primarily physical activity, so exercise. However, I'd like to add here that with a, more, with an, with a lifestyle that's more focused on not only consuming, I'm not saying consuming is bad, but kind of readjusting the balance we have between consuming things and participating and collaborating and creating there you can also use the be active so for example listening to music is consuming although it's an awesome thing to consume playing an instrument or singing in a choir on the other hand that is being active here are some of the physical activity apps that i have dabbled with one is called swork it for stretching it's good, it feels good, and I still can't bring myself to stretch each day. And at this present time, it's not important enough to me to make it a habit. Otherwise, I would, of course, use the habit science that I have. 
Then there's something called 7MWC. It's a seven minute workout that strengthens all of your core muscles. If you're into that, if you have, this is especially good if you have very little time, but you just wanna make sure that you work all the right muscles. And then there's a fun one called Zombies Run. Now, somehow I sadly never got it to work with my music on my phone and I need music when I run, but it's a hilarious idea. Basically, as you run, you're on a mission and sometimes the zombies are chasing you and you have to speed up or zigzag. And I love the idea and I think there's probably gonna be a lot more fun apps like that out there in the future. When it comes to taking notice, I use an app called Days 7. It's slightly imperfect, but still really useful app. And it will what it does is it immediately imports your pictures and you can write who you're with, where it was. You can capture an in-joke or what you were laughing about because you will forget these things. It sounds weird today because you think like, oh, I can never forget this. But of course we can. So I use this app also to capture three good things, which is a class of positive psychology intervention. Another app that I found that's really useful to taking notice is Three Reasons. So it's called Three Reasons. It's a very simple app and it does exactly what it says on the tin. Unlike pretty much all gratitude apps, this one asks you to think of one person or I use it also for one thing that you're really grateful for and then list three reasons. I like this because it really makes you think about the people in your life, but also connects you to activities and why you like them. Personally, I don't do the three good things every single day. I do it about four or five times a week, but not every single day. What I do every day is the three good reasons or the three reasons. So I can really recommend this app. I also saw that they have a 10 reasons app and if that fires you up by all means do it but let me caution you that 10 reasons might burn you out on this practice so be mindful to how you feel about it if it's better to write down three heartfelt reasons than 10 you know mediocre or stupid ones now when it comes to the habit of keeping up to date and learning stuff I mean Of course, you know, as you're listening to podcasts already, that podcasts are great for this. One podcast that is really good, or it's not just a podcast, it's also videos, and it's called um, the TED Talks. They are famous, but if you haven't checked them out yet, it's basically fascinating talks of ideas worth spreading. Now, I would be remiss if I wouldn't mention our sponsor Audible here, and I didn't do this so that I can do this, So, but because it's really genuinely the way that I keep learning in my life. Together with podcasts, audiobooks are my main source. It's not printed books anymore. It hasn't been for quite a while. So if you want to check out any audiobooks, you can go to strengthsphoenix.com slash audible and if you do that if you try to if you decide to try out a membership even if you decide to afterwards that it's not for you but even if you just decide and sign up for a trial membership through this link you will help me cover some of the hosting fees that i pay every single month and that will be really appreciated but of course it's not my hope that you cancel it's my hope that you enjoy it as much as i do because 
Audible really has a lot of good stuff on it. Now, when it comes to giving, this is the part of my life that doesn't really have much to do with the online world. I do have an app called Balanced, where I remind myself to give gifts or help people out. Because I'm not a gift person myself. I, I don't like gifts very much. I, I love to give gifts if I know that somebody wants something specific and they will be happy about it. But other than that, I really don't like getting stuff because I don't want to fill up my life with stuff. But because of that, I have to remind myself that other people do enjoy them. And Balanced help me do, helps me do this. So if all of this makes you feel a little bit overwhelmed... I suggest you just download the app called Balanced and settle on the things you need to lead a balanced life. The categories they feature include myself, fitness, appreciation, creativity, confidence, and discovery. So you can just make up your own activity if it's not already included and how often you want to do it. And Balanced will just gently remind you of this. It's really easy It's a good and easy way to do things, to keep doing things. Vision is important. When we get caught up in daily life, it's easy to forget big but not urgent dreams and goals. So I find it helpful to keep an eye on my bucket list and my affirmations and sometimes when I'm inclined, my prayers. Personally, a lot of affirmation apps, they, to be honest, they piss me off. Now, If they work for you, please don't let me ruin them for you. If you found an an affirmation app that you love, you know, all the better. I just don't connect to a lot of the cliches. And although some of them can be great in the right moment, they affirmations really have to fit your personality to work. So I was very happy when I found the app called Me But Better. Here you can choose one of 12 background images and then insert your own affirmations. If affirmations sounds too new agey for you, just think of it as values and guidelines you want to integrate in your life. And by habitually reminding yourself of of them, you are more likely to keep on track. Now, I'm not a huge quote person, but I enjoy the daily quote that I get from an app called Brainy Quote. If I really enjoy it, I take a screenshot of it and it is automatically saved in my Day 7 journal app that I talked about before. If you want to pray regularly, but seem to forget it or just forget what or who you want to pray for, there's an app called Echo and it's really good for that. It comes with reminders. You can Insert what you want to pray for and how often, and it will send you notifications. For the bucket list, I enjoy an app called iWish. It's super easy to set up because it already comes with loads of fun ideas and you can just check the ones you want. What is powerful is that it comes with an image. And there is something about seeing the statements and a picture together. At least I think that is the case. Again, I never got into vision boarding. But this is a powerful alternative. Now, to some of you, anxiety is one of the major reasons that keeps you from feeling well and happy. And I have put a lot of work into cultivating a fairly chilled out mind. And I don't really feel anxious or stressed that often. 
However, when I do, I have a very old school suggestion, and that is listening to music. It's not just a way to calm down or to express emotions that I can't verbalize in language. When I'm checking in with myself and I'm not sure how I feel, I put my iPod, and yeah, I still have one of those, on shuffle and skip forward until a song feels right. And this is not exactly a very scientific thing to do, although I'm sure that if they would make, uh, you know, if they would do any experiments, they might actually find something. But what happens when I do this is that a part of me feels validated. And the goal is not to change the emotion through the music, but to just acknowledge that it even exists and what is happening. Of course, the meditation apps we talked about before would also be very beneficial if you suffer from anxiety. And all of them have special anxiety and stress stress programs in there, so you can listen to them. If you want to relax without meditating, there is an app called Relaxia, which is also beautifully designed, full of nature photography and sounds like crackling fires and forest rain and waves crashing. And that might be a good idea in the car if you're already feeling a little bit hyper and you just want to make sure that you can calm down a bit. Because we don't always have to listen to information. Sometimes if we're really, really anxious, the best thing we can do if we can't, you know, sit in front of an ocean and just stare and listen to the waves is to just sit and listen to the sounds of nature. Now, if all of this was a bit too much, here's a quick and dirty summary of what to do to manage your happiness. One, get a meditation app. Two, raise your awareness about where your time, energy, and attention goes using optimized or mappiness. And then three, track your top priorities. Now, quite a few of these apps I suggest might cost you something. And I urge you to consider the following. Something shitty that is free is not really free because you waste the time of your life. You could have earned money or did something worthwhile. When we are anxious and unhappy, we buy a lot of stuff we hope will make us happier, but that doesn't end up delivering. So compared to crappy purchases, even the costliest app is a bargain. And I don't know about you, but if you would ask me how much a calmer and more peaceful mind is worth, I would have definitely said more than 100 bucks. None of these apps cost more than that, with the majority being in the 3 to $5 range. Work colleague of mine also said that when I gave her the Headspace app, she said, you know, initially she, she was thinking about whether she should pay the money or not for the yearly subscription, but then she just reflected back and it was the only thing meditation that headspace was the only thing that helped her through depression at that time so she was like what the hell am i waiting for this is the only thing that works of course i'm gonna pay you know like at that time it was i think 72 bucks but really all the other apps they are cheaper and a lot of these companies they are staffed with pretty cool people doing work that improves the world so why not support them Bonus, we feel better when we spend money that is in line with our values. Quick question. I'm going to tap something out for you. It's a song. Let's see if you get it.
Now, if, if I were interested in perfection, I would practice this a little bit more, but I'm not, because the only reason I tapped that out for you, which is, I just can't get enough for all of, the, <laughs> for all of those of you who are old enough to even remember what that is. And why am I talking about that? Well, that's because that's the title of the iTunes review we got from Tar- Taryl Marie from the USA, and she said, this is by far the podcast I looked the most forward to. Kristen's realness and genuine heart put her in a class all of her own. The positivity I take from this podcast inspires me to stay positive and share that positivity with as many other people as I can. Well, Taro, we've been in touch and you know that I think it's awesome. That is so cool. Also, I want to give a shout out to Chloe from Taiwan, who lives in Bristol. It was such a nice feeling when you recognized my voice and came up to talk to me. We were at the Positive Psychology Conference in Angers in France. And I only afterwards thought that the research you did on women's passive way of spending leisure time might actually contribute to lacking self-efficacy and maybe even be a reason why people, why women experience more depression. That's just a thought for all the rest of you that might have been gibberish, sorry for that. But anyhow, it was beautiful having someone come up to me who actually listens to the podcast and get to know her a bit. You know me, but I don't know you, so I want to meet as many of you as possible. Okay, I gotta go and watch the finals of the Euro 2016 and for the first time in my life it's a weird feeling i'm supporting the french allez les bleus talk to you soon bye bye if you enjoyed this episode you can help us out by sharing it with your network and leaving a rating and review on itunes or stitcher we would love to hear from you at kristen at strengthphoenix.com for show notes and more head over to www S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-S-P-H-O-E-N-I-X dot com. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yogurt.